Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. You might see there's a mutual love between Mike and me. Uh, when I was with the uh, worship team before coming out, uh, and I knew that Mike was going to introduce me, I said, Mike, it's a short sermon. Make it a long prayer. <laughs> so, but uh, as you said, uh, we're family, but I want you to know that Karen and I always feel like we're coming home. And uh, we're privileged, uh, Karen and I, to have now their two adult children. They're married, and we have some grandchildren. But I make sure that the light bulb on the porch is always working. I never change the, the locks to the front door key. And any time that Karen and I come here, figuratively, the porch light is on. And the locks have never been changed. I've never come here without being hugged being honored, uh, maybe half believed, how's that? So, uh, um, but uh, really, and uh, uh, some of you know that I have the spiritual gift of a bad sense of humor. It's clean, but yeah, thank you. Well, you're kind, you're very kind, so I appreciate that. But, uh, um, but I do want to honor Pastor Randy and Wendy, but also um, Thomas and Elizabeth, I call them the first family, and, uh, and so... Uh, yeah, but uh, we're blessed to be here, and um, yeah, so we've got some stuff. It's going to go up on the screen in a moment, but uh, um, I want you to take a moment to pray for the Whiteleys. Can we do that? Hmm. Lord, one of the things that, my gosh, continues to amaze me is that you know how to be here at harvest, but you also know how to be with the Whiteleys on vacation. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Thank you that you're with our friends, our pastor in Eastern Massachusetts and his family. Bless them, refresh them. And yes, Pastor Randy, if you're watching this, hello. <laughs> yeah, bless them. And guide us, Lord, as we open your word, as we open our hearts. Uh, you've already been do doing a wonderful work through uh, Christian and the team. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Um, yeah, in a moment, what's the fact, fact to be good to uh, Bella? Could you get a scripture up there for us? It's not Psalm 119, so don't get scared. Okay. That's the address. That's the title. Can we come back to the title for a moment? Thank you. The lady who inspired that title is my wife, and she's here today. And, uh, but dealing with interruptions in a busy world. Does that sound kind of like where you and I live? Yeah. Okay. So, But yeah, if you would put up the scripture and uh, wonderful tradition that you have uh, here at Harvest in terms of standing in respect and honor for the word, if you would please do that. Well, you're welcome to read along with me. 
Um, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. So I love it. Yes, I love to hear the word preached, but I love to hear it read. And so feel free to read it. Uh, this is, as you know, uh, maybe you caught it, ESV. Um, that's what we have. But if you have another translation, uh, <laughs> I may discern it, but feel free to read along with us, please. Ready? And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Amen. Thanks. Please be seated. Bella, if we could come back to the first slide regarding the scripture, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Um, oh, I love that voice. Um, I want to begin with two questions, and I want to conclude with two questions. No, the, the sermon's not that short, so there's going to be some in-between, so just, just to let you know. So, uh, yeah, but um, um, my first question is this. How old were you when you learned to tell time? Da, na, 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 na. Anybody want to volunteer? Yes. Thanks, Gene. Okay, six. Okay, anybody else? This is not a contest. We're just checking in, right? I mean, this is a Christian church, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Really, four or five. Wow, wow. Anybody else? Seven. This is not an auction. Okay, yeah. All right. That was the first one, okay? This one brings us home a little bit more, okay? What time is it? <laughs> Someone just cut their, my legs out from underneath me. They told me it's 1130. <laughs> there goes 15 minutes for my sermon. <laughs> Remember, Mike prayed. It was a short sermon. That's all like that. And he's making sure it is. It's all like that. Okay. But yeah, well, I didn't see, you know, uh, uh, you know, remember Jesus said, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. But he didn't say, let him or her who has eyes to see, let him see. Right? I didn't see anybody necessarily reach from their lap or in their pocket or their purse, whatever, to look at their cell phone. Okay, that's what time it is. All right. I have one on my wrist. Okay. I am looking back there. <laughs> behind, behind the clock, I'm seeing uh, Pastor Randy's eyes in terms of Rick keeping on time, you know, and things like that. Um, he loves me, but he, I'm on the watch and so on like that. All right, but um, yeah, so I mean, looking digitally for time that we may have or in some other capacity, but um, that's important to know. But um, preaching with this in my hand, you're only going to get a one-armed message this morning. I feel like uh, some of us are been around enough to remember a series called The Fugitive, the one-armed guy, you know, so 
call me the one-armed preacher today, if you will. Um, but um, what was I going to say? Um, but um, yeah, but here's the deal. Jesus understood time, and yes, he understands time. And then looking at the passage that you and I read together a few moments ago, I just want to offer you, uh, well, I know this is being recorded, but uh, I'm in a border on the edge of heresy. I'm going to preach a four-point sermon, not a three-pointer. Okay, yeah, I know. Some of you are concerned, and you're praying, Rick, cut it back, and so like that. So, all right, but Jesus took time. Bella, you'll have to help me. I'm not a tech guy. I'm a uh, bad humor guy. All right, uh, yeah. Jesus took time to be interrupted. Can we scroll down a little bit more? Jesus, number two, whoop, keep going. We'll come back to the scripture, of course. Jesus took time to serve. Number three, Jesus took time to listen. And number four, Jesus took time to heal. That's what we're going to look at uh, in these um, four basics that are there and so on. So, yeah, so, <laughs> Bella, I think our relationship's going to develop over the course of this message, you know, so if you could bring us back to uh, uh, where we were with Jesus taking time to be interrupted. Uh, you caught the sermon title, you know, uh, being interrupted, uh, learning to be interrupted, well, can we get the sermon title again? I forgot already. I'm sorry, Karen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dealing with interruptions in a busy world. I think it's important for us to have some quick background. Here we're seeing in these verses that we read together that Jesus is on the go. And one of the things I love about being with you guys, not only in terms of your being brothers and sisters with me, okay, but I'm in the presence of biblical scholars and Bible students people that want to get into the word and get more out of the word, all right? And so the background here, as you, you know already from the Gospels, you know, Jesus is, yeah, he's on the go, but he's never busy. Jesus had focus. His focus was the cross and loving people. Never wavered from that, Okay. Here in this background, we see there were crowds. They were following Jesus. There was a growing sense of, can I use the word popularity? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's interesting, well, uh, in terms of following him, but did you catch when they hear these guys from the side of the road crying out, they rebuked them. They didn't want to be disturbed. Hey, hey come on, come on. We're, we're, we're hearing him. Don't bother us. We're hearing him. But there were those two blind men on the roadside. And maybe I'll flip that, you know, in terms of on the side of the road. And isn't it true, here's a perpendicular point, isn't it from time to time that you and I see people on the, on the side of the road of life? Well, here were these two guys, and they were crying out. And I noticed nobody really belted it out. You know, of course, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. You know, and then they were rebuked. For saying that, the Bible scholars already know where I'm going with this one. The original language word, which is, what language is the New Testament in? Do you remember? Greek. Thanks. I heard that. All right. How about the Old Testament? What's that, what's that in? Hebrew. Okay. Thank you very much. Randy didn't pay me to say this. You can learn biblical Greek and biblical Hebrew online. Okay. Yeah. The crowd 
right? They're following Jesus, and they rebuke the two on the side of the road. It's the same Greek word that's used in Matthew. I'm not going to any other gospel yet or even any other New Testament letter, but Matthew uses that same word when Jesus rebuked a demon, when Jesus rebuked the wind and the sea. This is what hurts me because <laughs> I'm both a father and a grandfather and a husband first. How's that? Okay. Um, the disciples rebuked the parents for wanting to bring their kids to Jesus. Same Greek word. That was a confirmation from a younger friend. Okay. Jesus took time. Okay, Bella, you're there. You're so wonderful. In the midst of this background, Jesus understood time, and he took time to be interrupted. Okay, we can go on to the actual verse, please. And stopping, whoa, we're a little bit before then, aren't we? Yeah, we did, sorry. And Jesus stopping called them and said, I'll just stop there for a moment, okay? <laughs> we see the English there, but the literal Greek, you didn't, you didn't pay extra for this, okay? But the original Greek there actually means he stopped. How many of you remember the last time you slammed on the brakes in your car or in your truck? Remember that? Wow. Maybe I'm the worst driver in the group. I'm sorry. Okay, so, okay. I'm going to give you a lot of prayer requests through the sermon for me, okay? So, uh, all right, but he stopped. In fact, another way of translating it, I think one, another translation says, Jesus stood still. In Psalm 46, verse 10, the Lord says, be still and know that I am God. That's a hard word for our busy culture to hear today. Remember his focus? The cross and loving people. And yet, remember, the rebukers, I want to be careful, the crowd rebuking them said, don't, don't distract us, don't disturb us. He's got to be on task. I'm going to preach this without a microphone. Jesus' task was loving people. I was trained in leadership some years ago that, well, you're either task-oriented or you're people-oriented. Jesus' task was loving people. He stopped. And in a moment, Bella's going to show us point number two. But he called to them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, yes, took time to be interrupted, but then he took time to serve. We're going to be joining some friends for lunch afterwards. And uh, I know both families are praying about who's going to pay for it. But... Uh, no embarrassment there, you know, so, um, okay, but, uh, you know, but someone's going to come up to us. Someone's going to come up to us. <laughs> They're probably like to say, we've already paid for this. Get whatever you want, you know? I mean, like, wow, that's paying, that's paying sideways, you know, however that goes. Um, but the person's going to say, hi, my name is, I'm going to be your server. 
Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus being the suffering servant. We opened our reading, okay, for my message from Matthew 20, verse 29, but some of you might have caught verse 28, where Jesus says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I want to suggest that Isaiah is teaching us that Jesus is the suffering servant. Matthew, and there's a similar version in Mark's gospel, Jesus is the sensitive servant. What do you want me to do for you? Can you hear Jesus asking you that question this morning? What do you want me to do for you? We can go to number three, Bella. Jesus took time then to listen. Okay, and can we uh, open that up scripturally? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. I have to be very real with you. The Bible does not say Jesus listened. And you can rebuke me. I'm not adding to scripture, you know, but what do you want me to do for you? Lord, let our eyes be opened. Many of you know the phrase to listen actively. Some of you also know the phrase to be fully present. Jesus was and Jesus is. He actively listens to you and to me. He's fully present. Yeah, but Rick, I mean, gosh, there's how many? I forgot to Google it. You know, probably over 7 billion people in the world, but he zeroes in on you to actively listen to you, to be fully present with you. I'll say this as reverently as I can. Anytime I've talked with Jesus, he's never been looking at a device. Would Jesus have had a cell phone back in the day? Of course. That's our Jesus. Sorry, puberty's still coming. Okay. <laughs> Jesus then, help me again, Bella. He took time to heal. The Bible says, we read it earlier, and Jesus in pity touched their eyes. And immediately, they regained their sight and followed him. The ESV is translated, the word pity there. The Greek word there, and you're welcome to whisper it, okay? Because some of you, I mean, it tickles my throat when I say it. Splognon. Whoops, sorry. I really preached that one. No, good thing no one's over here, you know? I've been spitting on them, you know, and... Uh, yeah. I used to be a Presbyterian. We were into sprinkling, never into immersion, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. I, I, now I know why people used to sit back a little further on me and stuff like that. So, okay. But the word splognon means compassion. The word pity, okay, and very honestly, my wife and I drove. We came in from Mentor. Um, 
Um, you guys paid our travel expenses. No. And uh, we, we came in from Mentor to Willoughby on Route 90. And if I, if I did, I didn't, OK? But if I saw a disabled car on the side of the road, oh, that's too bad. That's pity. Biblical compassion, as I'm believing, is the, the, the core attribute of who Jesus is. It means pain at the sight of suffering and a strong desire to relieve that suffering. So as Karen and I were driving, that's my wife's first name, okay, as we were driving on Route 90, if we saw a disabled vehicle, compassion, I would look carefully, okay, and I would pull over because I'm experiencing pain at the sight of their suffering, and then there's a strong desire, and so I roll up even my short sleeves and get involved. Not out of pity, but out of the pain he felt and got to do something. Jesus touched their eyes and immediately, Matthew only uses that word in the Greek four times. Mark uses it 15 times. Different flavors of Gospels, okay? Mark could have worked at a Starbucks drive through okay? Matthew would have said, hey, let's go as Elizabeth Hummer invited us. Let's go to the church picnic and hang out for a while. You see what happens? He touched them. Immediately they were healed. And they followed him. Can I offer this? And the Lord's dealing with me on this point. Whenever the Lord touches us supernaturally, we should follow. We shouldn't have to think about it. That's an invitation, not a guilt trip. Remember I promised you we would conclude my message with two questions? Here comes my first question in closing. Does Jesus have time for you? You heard my number of a week ago. A week ago, yeah, sorry. Wow, it's been a long sermon. Um, some 7 billion people in the world. But does he have time for you? If I could stand on this pulpit, and I used to be athletic, and if I had Rand, Pastor Randy's permission, I would say, yes, he does have time for you. I better preach with the staff. He has time to be interrupted. Well, I know, I'm taking care of this guy, okay, you know, and yeah, I've been talking with uh, Jordan Peterson and everything, you know, and, and that kind of thing, no relation, you know, and, uh, but yes. Do you hear him asking you that? What can I do for you? He's listening. He has, he's the original one who has ears to hear. And one of the, the simplest basics I learned about following the Lord, I'm, I'm almost, I try to be a truthful Christian and speaker. I'm going to be 50 years old in the Lord next month. No, I, I didn't become a Christian at birth, okay? At rebirth, at rebirth, how's that? So, and things like that. But one of the early skills that one of my spiritual mothers taught me was to pray specifically. 
Dear Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? He's listening for your specific answer. And then, praise God, he takes time to heal. Once again, and I've, I've lost count how many Greek words I'm sharing with you, but the original Greek there means to bless and to heal. He touched their eyes, but it means to bless and to heal. It's buy one, get one free. I'm preaching to me if, if you're not hearing my sermon because this is the Jesus that loves us. This is the Jesus that Christian and the team led us in worshiping earlier. There's no other Jesus. This is the real Jesus. Yes, my first question was, does he have time for you? No new taxes. So, yeah. As you and I pray, and I think it's a fair assumption on my part, that part of our growing in the Lord is praying, Jesus, make me more like you. Right? Can you relate to that? Right? Thank you very much. I see that hand. This is not a Billy Graham crusade. Okay. Do you... And I, all right, because remember I'm preaching to Rick now. Do you and I have time for others? Are you catching the pause? <laughs> Do you and I have time to be interrupted by other people? Do we have time to serve? And I will honestly confess this before you. That is probably the primary growing edge of my walk with the Lord now. For me to be able to say to any person, what do you want me to do for you? Do you have time to listen to others? Do you have time to heal others? We're going to answer those prayers, those, those questions in prayer in a moment. But consider that. Yes, Jesus has time for you. Do you and I have time for others? Let's pray. Here's a real, a real private moment for you and, yes, for me to privately respond to what the Lord, the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Let's respond, and then I'll lead us into a two-part prayer.
it's possible that there's someone or some people that are here today that have never heard Jesus ask the question, what can I do for you? And I want to help answer that question. As the worship team already focused, Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross in your place and in mine. <laughs> this is not a joke, but for many of us, our lives have been the old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. If that's been the song of your life, today you can turn to Jesus. Jesus.